And haven't we gone a little overboard with these colored ribbons for different causes? Every cause has its own colored ribbon now. Red for AIDS, blue for child abuse, pink for breast cancer, green for the rainforest, purple for urban violence. I got a brown one, you know what it means? Eat shit, motherfucker! Eat shit, motherfucker! Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit! You eat shit. What's the matter, you don't eat meat? Oh, I eat meat. They'll say lots of shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. Eat shit, Jake. You can just stand there and kiss a dog's titties for all I care. Fuck off, hillbilly. Eat shit, body perm. We're gonna make them eat our shit, then shit out our shit, and then eat their shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. These little guys eat shit all day long in Tokyo. Slurp shit and die. I'm sorry, Mommy. I was just really hungry. If you're that hungry, why don't you go and eat shit? Here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> Episode eight. What are we talking about tonight? Thank you all for tuning in. Tonight we are talking about the Hellraiser franchise. Why did we pick this again? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Well, I think we've covered. We've done a review. We've done topics. You know, I I think covering a franchise is one of the ideas we threw out there early on, and. I don't know. I, for some reason, I picked Hellraiser, which is <laughs> massive. Yeah. It's one of the biggest fucking franchises out there. And just to clarify, we will only be talking about the movies. We're not going to be talking about the comic books or any other shit that was released. Yeah. This is only going to be movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I did read Hellbound Heart, though. Yeah. The book. Yeah. Which is great. Um, which is what the first movie is based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the story... That we get in the movie, yeah. basically? Okay. Yeah, it, it ends a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. It, well, not really. Yeah, it is. It's The the film obviously expands it because it's a shorter story. It's mm-hmm. only like 160 pages. Yeah. It's not long. But um, They should have took that fucking idea and, and, and heated its warning with Rawhead Rex, but... <laughs> yeah. Got that movie instead. Which, the reason Clyde Barker decided to direct the first one is because he was so disappointed in... Mm. Rawhead Rex. That makes sense. So that's why he jumped and directed Hellraiser 1. Hmm. Yeah. Which I have to say, Hellraiser 1 is probably one of my favorite horror films. It it's is, really good. It, it's, for what it is, too, it's very... Uh, like, you know, it, because... I know this is it's jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm, I'll sw- it's going to swing back mm. around. The Hellraiser franchise has become so diluted with religion and shit like that and the consequence of heaven and hell and sin and shit... That the first movie is not about that shit at all. It's no. like it's about carnal pleasure. Yeah. And the Cenobites themselves, they're not elements of, of necessarily hell. Right. They're not agents of hell. Yeah, there's nothing heaven or hell about the yeah. first film. Or they're, the book. They're merely dimensional beings that have lost they've become so enveloped in the idea of pleasure that they don't they they, they can't separate pain and pleasure. It's yeah. all the same to them. Yeah. So and like I don't know I like I like that concept far more than what it became. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it just kind of goes to show that if you, and you know, you, you you stray away from the source material, you get kind of the same old bullshit. Yeah. You know. And when this came out, it was like a shot of adrenaline for British horror because all British horror had was Hammer films, and that fills it out in the seventies. Yeah. And then Hellraiser comes along, and it's like this fucking, whoa, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And even to this day, there's not many horror films that are like Hellraiser. Yeah, there's a very, like, it's it's supernatural without being 
like supernatural yeah. in a sense because like you said like hammer films was very much like still kind of gothic horror yeah. you know ghosts vampires werewolves yeah. shit like that so yeah for something like this to come along at the time it did and in that same kind of vein where it's like it's like a whole other corner of horror that was never kind of created its own itself you yeah know? which is very very interesting yeah um and you know, I I do like I've I rewatched the first Hellraiser. I've seen that one more than any of the other ones, and I still really enjoy it. I love the fact the Cenobites are only in it for, you know, yeah, not a lot of screen time. No, yeah. and the other stories just it's that's the story, you know. Once is, again, is it is it the only horror franchise that doesn't focus on killing teens? Uh, the first few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It eventually gets the original there, one. But, I'm saying, yeah. like the original. Yeah, I said franchise, but yeah, the original film doesn't target fucking promiscuous teens. No, not at all. But yeah, the out of the main, uh, you know, slashers, yeah, it's the only one that has a story that is like. I mean, I guess like your your main character though. Uh, I can't remember her name, but I mean, she's a Kirstie? teenager. Is that it? Kirsty. Kirsty. Yeah, she's she's a teenager. Yeah. But it it does. It, like she's the only one. It's like them trying to kill her. This yeah. Is, 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 there's a whole other story, and it doesn't involve her. Yeah. Um, it's more so, yeah. focused on Frank and Julia's relationship, and, mm-hmm. and Kirsty kind of gets caught in the middle. Yeah. Um, Clyde Barker wanted to call this Hellbound. That's what he wanted to title it. Okay. And then, the studio wanted to call it Sadomasochist from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> this is why you don't let studios. Fucking and then someone else mentioned. I don't. I don't know if this is a joke or not. But someone else mentioned to title it what a woman would do for a good fuck (laughs) that would have been a whole different film you gotta admit like Frank must have been slinging dick something fierce for her to be like I'm gonna slaughter dudes with hammers she found him skinless in the attic (laughs) yeah there's like and it immediately goes to I've missed you he's skinless in a fucking attic yeah (laughs) yeah and the book is even more unbelievable the state that she finds him in he's like a fucking apparition behind a wall and he can barely talk because he has no physical mm-hmm. attribute he has no physicality yet and it's fucking crazy the book is great though I, I hate to be that the book is better but <laughs> the source material is great and the way he describes things and the whole opening scene with Frank opening the box for the first time mm-hmm. is way more described and it's really cool and it, it elaborates more on the Cenobites and yeah they're like he had to put sacrifices on the or offerings on this altar for them, and mm. it's really cool. It's really cool shit. Um, I mean, that's a very cool scene in the movie too. Is Frank's yeah. reanimation? It's yeah. one yes. of like those ones where you're like, like you said, like at that time for British horror to see that, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? The practical effects freaked me out. Oh man, they're. I remember I watched it recently and was like grossed out. Yeah. Like the fucking when his skin like he's not like I said skinless but like the muscles are kind of like Yeah. Cuz they shot it in reverse. Yeah. But when his muscles are like reverse melting back onto his body, yeah. it's fucking gross. Yeah. It's awesome, but it's, man. It's so cool. Yeah. Like I, I really really enjoy it. like the the more I think of that movie, I'm just like shit, like that might be up there like one of my top tier favorite horror movies because of all the practicality shit. But then it's like the movie itself, like, you gotta fucking deal with, uh... What's Frank's brother's name? Julia's actual husband. Larry, in the movie. God, that fucking actor? Holy shit. He's the bad guy from, uh... Dirty Harry. <laughs> He's the villain from Dirty Harry. He's got a villain's face. Yeah. That's why when, like, at the end, when it's Frank in his skin... Yeah. I'm just like, that. this makes sense. Yeah. 
Like to have like him be like, well, For this sure. guy's supposed to be a bad guy. Yeah. Like everything he does, like when he cuts his hand on the nail, yeah. the way he chews up that scenery, but it's like, he looks like he's ready to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the people who would probably massacre his family because he stubbed his toe on the fucking <laughs> coffee table, you know? He improv the Jesus Whip line. Yeah? Yeah. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. Cool shit, man. Mm-hmm. I watched the, the Leviathan making of, too, and it was really cool to hear everyone's insight on making it and... They really, I mean, it's supposed to be about the first two films, that doc, but mm-hmm. it really focuses on the first one, heavy. That makes sense. Uh, but it's cool. Everyone talks about collaborating with Clive and how open he was to people improving lines mm-hmm. and adding different things. Like, in the book, Julia kills people with a knife, but they use a hammer in the, in the film. Hammer film, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Homage. Who knows? Homage, yeah. Um, that's cool, though. That's that's really interesting. I'm glad, that, I'm glad to hear it, because like, I always felt that Clive Barker was kind of a, he's like, I'm such a tormented artist. It's like... It's cool that he gives liberty yeah. with with that, especially yeah. like if it was something where he was like he was so unhappy with Rawhead Rex, and then when he's on here, he would give people that that leash. Like yeah. he, he gave him a very very long leash to play with, so it's cool to hear that because you know some artists are just cunts. Yeah. <laughs> um. Just the whole concept of Frank waiting in an attic. Yeah. For Julia to bring victims. Is nightmare fuel. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. And when he like, when he appears and shit is just yeah. Like, oh god. Damn. And I love the fucking white shirt, mm-hmm. the blood on it, cigarette. Like yeah. that's fucking cool. Yeah. It, you know visually, like, I mean, it's striking the whole yeah. film. Well, and the, the the practical effects in it are just they're second to none, really. Yeah. The um, guardian at the end, like yeah, or like that fucking uh, the engineer. The engineer, yeah, not guardian. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of the. I got my names mixed up. The Puzzle Guardian, the fucking derelict. Oh. The eating crickets, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, first one's awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Rewatch it. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Yep. Moving on to part two. 1988, Hellbound. Halloween 2. Yeah. It's the same movie, but in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, written and produced by, well, executive produced by Clyde Barker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he, he wasn't directing this one. No, because he was busy doing Nightbreed. Mm. Which, I don't know if you've listened to our previous episodes, but if you haven't, you'll know how we feel about Nightbreed if you go back and listen. Um, I, I like this one. I like seeing more of Hell, mm-hmm. more of the Labyrinth and all that. Yeah, I love the Doctor being transformed into yes. a Cenobite. Well, in that too, like we got to see how the Cenobites are made. Like it even shows you how Pinhead becomes Pinhead. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it, it, I, once again, I have to go back to that. I love the idea of these things not be, being from a realm that it's completely unknown. It's not hell. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, it's something completely different, you know? Yeah. And like, I like the whole, like I'm in hell, help me thing. Yeah. Because it's like, given the context of it is like this isn't hell yeah but it might as well be right. like i like that a lot mm-hmm. and i like the idea of the cenobites not being demons and like and some people say that too and in the the lore of this is that to some people they are angels like cuz into like if, they, if they're in if people themselves are into sadomasochism mm. they look at these things like angels mm. which is That's fucking cool. disturbing you That's know cool. so so disturbing you know pinhead wasn't supposed to be the star of the second one no, no, or I think any of them. Right? Uh, I knew like because he was just a side note character in the first one. In he the book, like, he's not even. Yeah, they describe him, which he actually has. Um, I think it was nails or something 
Oh. Jeweled, jeweled nails. And mm. his tongue is also that way. Oh, no shit. But obviously okay. they couldn't do that if he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he wasn't supposed to be any character. They were trying to carry Julie over, but because Pinhead became such a big deal off the first film. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, like, uh, this is where, like, the, the waters start to get muddied, and you can tell that this is where they are. They're, they're trying to, to be as true as they possibly can be to the source material mm-hmm. but this is a whole completely well like i said it's not a different story if you rewatch hellraiser this is hellbound right hellbound, hellbound yeah. is hellraiser 2 yeah if you watch that it it is literally like the exact the exact same shit plays out you know yeah but instead of frank it's julia brought right. back you know and shit yeah. like that so but it's the same way it's just you know she's skinned and yeah and for some reason she only needs one victim yeah it's, it's kind of <laughs> odd but and then she comes back like in a like a full gown and shit like this. yeah okay yeah, but not. uh regardless it's like you can tell that they're just like okay so we need to be able to tell the story but at the same time to like like they they made it so that like like Pinhead and the Cenobites end up kind of being like not that they're heroes but like they're trying to maintain the order of the labyrinth mm-hmm. you know and they're trying to do the will of Leviathan mm-hmm. so like they, they so they start to like fight the doctor as he's mm-hmm. stalking the two girls yeah. you know which so it's like they they kind of turn them tried to like give them like a, a hero turn like a face turn yeah and uh it's kind of funny to me that they were just like you know you when you do see pinhead in hellraiser he's doing terrible shit yeah and then they try and do it here where they're like but people like this character so let's right you know so right, right. i just thought that was interesting yeah that's all i have for part two uh, the puzzle guardian shows up again at the end yeah and he's the face in the pillar mm-hmm. what is your pleasure sir <laughs> um part three uh 92 hell on earth yeah uh, this is directed by Anthony Hickox, best known for Waxwork 1 and 2, and Warlock the Armageddon. <laughs> yes. We love Warlock over here at Frights Templar. Drop Do heroin, watch Warlock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, Hell on Earth, they, once again, like, I loved how people, like, they're, it's like they played pinball with the Cenobite characters. So, the first one... You have a character. You have these characters that are doing horrible shit, but there's an order to it. There's yeah. a reason why it's being done. They're simply, they're simply giving this person what they asked for. And the second one, they're trying to maintain the order of their home, mm-hmm. essentially. In this one, they're full on fucking villains. Yeah, full on villains. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is an attempt to make um, more iconic Cenobites. Yeah. Because uh, oh, we fucking get all, Christ. Because we get all these gimmicky fucking bullshit. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is we get to see them turn people into Cenobites, in which I don't think anyone needed this. No. We don't need CD. CD Cenobite. Camerahead. We don't need Camerahead. We don't need. Yeah. What's the other one? Barbie, the guy with the barbed wire wrapped around his face. Oh yeah, we yeah. We don't fucking need him. <laughs> like. I mean, maybe that would be an interesting one if it wasn't, like, if he wasn't paired with CD and Camerahead. Yeah. You know? But, goddamn, like, they weren't even trying. <laughs> I felt like they were pushing Freddy to, or Pinhead to be more like Freddy in this. Yeah, he talks a lot in yeah. this one. Yeah. And it's just like, eh, yeah. I don't think that's I weird. actually don't like this one at all. I really don't. I, I think it drags like fuck yes. until Pinhead shows up, like, the final act. Yeah. Which is cool. The only the, like my favorite thing about it is the church scene, which, which you, then you get the religious aspect, which 
You know, exactly. I like that whole shit where you put yeah, his, spread his away. That's know. fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But you get the whole church aspect now. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, and it would be better if it wasn't necessarily that, where it's like, now it's heaven and hell. Yeah. It would be more interesting if it's him kind of showing that, like, how he says, I am the way. Yeah. Like, the way of pain, the way of, of masochism and, and, and suffering and, and the sense of, pl- of suffering being pleasure and things like that. But it's not. Yeah. It's just heaven and hell. Right. And it is one of those things where you're just like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say this, though, about these films, is when most, most of the times when you get a developing franchise, the waters, without fail, they do get muddied. Mm-hmm. It, it just they has to happen. Because you, you have to introduce new characters and things yeah. like that. It's understandable. But I will say this about uh, Hellraiser 1 through 4. They are c- consistent with the story they are trying to tell. Yeah. And showing just the true power of the Lament Box... In the first one, it is the gate. It is the key to their their world, yeah. and this or, uh, it, or it's the key to um, bringing this power from this other world into ours. In the second one, it's the key to their world. In the third one, it is a way. It, once again, it is a key, but it is kind of the centerpiece of everything. Mm-hmm. It can can it, as as much as a lock can open a door it can also close it and lock right, it right. so at the end you have her putting it into the cement yeah. and then the fucking building's made and it's a giant lament box yeah. so now it's like oh this is on a grander scale and then when we get to the fourth one we'll yeah. see how this all wraps up yeah. but it is necessarily like the, the way that they've built that I, I have a respect for yeah. because you could tell that they they kind of knew that that source material needed to be used. Like it, it, f- fans are the reason they brought Pinhead back for sure. You know, but the Lament Box is the thing where they're like, okay, that is going. That is essentially the centerpiece of everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So in in Hell on Earth is the nightclub scene or the nightclub, right? Yeah, that, and I, I really don't like any of that shit. I don't either. I don't it's like so it. fucking nineties, like it's early nineties, so but you're painfully nineties. Like, yeah. And also, too, the fucking camerahead has a Fu Manchu. Like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Walking around looking yeah. like the fucking biker from the village people. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's, yeah, I hate all that. I really don't like the third one. It's, it's A lot of people... doesn't have a high watch, rewatch factor. A lot of people sing its praises, but I just don't understand why. No. And maybe it's because, the like I said, going back to the idea that this is when you're first introduced to a very heavy religious aspect of it. Yeah. So it's it makes a little bit more sense to people. Yeah. Because, I mean, that goes back to what you said about the first one, where it's like the first film was out of nowhere and brought these obscure elements of this isn't hell, this isn't hell, this is a different place somewhere mm-hmm. else where things aren't what they are in our realm and things yeah. like that. So I, I liked, I like that aspect more than the aspect of heaven and hell, but the idea of heaven and hell is just such a easy thing to follow that maybe that's why people like it so much. Yeah. And I could just be speaking out of my ass, but that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, talking about how people praise the third one, let's flip into the fourth one because I feel like bloodline 96 gets a lot of fucking shit. Well, and, and I really like this one. You know, if it was given, because this was one of those films too that had a lot of promise. You had three movies jammed into one, which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, okay, it's a fucking mess because your yeah. your move this movie is like what it's like barely an hour and a half long. Yeah. So you got three movies jammed into that because it goes from, um, you know the 
what, the Renaissance era of France mm-hmm. into a modern age in America and then into outer space. Future and, space. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people give it shit because at this time they were shooting everyone into space. Fucking yeah. Leprechaun, Jason came years right. later. It's not great. It's it's not. It but has its, its flaws, entertaining as fuck. And it, once again, I go back to the idea of consistency. Mm. Like, they were very consistent with how they were telling the story of the Lament Box and yeah. how it became what it is. Yeah. You know, and yeah, you're introduced to Angelique and this new Cenobite and these characters like that. But at the same time, too, like, I I like these Cenobites more than I do yeah. the ones that fucking showed up on Hell on Earth. Right. Where you're I like the cops them. being, com- like, getting twisted together and yeah. becoming the fucking yeah. Cenobites. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I feel like this film dived deeper into the mythos of the whole world. Mm-hmm. And the more idea- so than 3 did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's just, I think that the, the third one's whole plot was bringing it, I mean, hell on earth. It yeah. was bringing them to our world. Right. While this one, like, and the whole thing about that, to me, is that you're, you're looking at it in an aspect where you want to know more about their world. Yeah. That's why 2, I really enjoyed, because you got to see... The labyrinth, like yeah, okay, we can't have a whole fucking movie there for obvious yeah. reasons, but you can see how this affected history now, and mm-hmm. I, I, I think that a lot of people look over that in Bloodline. They think that it's just the space one, yeah, and it's like that's it, an element, but you also go back in the past, yeah. and then you you stay in the future or in the present, and then you go into the future. Like it's really kind of a cool story, yeah. And so um, with this one. Uh, being being what it is, uh, the how I, I said about consistency is that like they're showing you the evolution of the lament box, and then you finally see it at the very end where it like transforms into a giant space station lament box. The to hell trap sphere, the right? Yeah. You get the hell well, sphere. and then he blows it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? The Death Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that's all you need to do to destroy Cinnabon? Just blow the fuck up. Um, but yeah, I I understand like it does get a lot of shit. But I'll I will say this about this one too is the gore factor in this one is really well. Ooh, yeah, man. just imagery alone I think mm-hmm. is cool. Like there's this one scene where uh, when the little boy's at the bottom of the stairs, she's coming down the steps. You just see the little boy standing in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. and then as it's more revealed, he's holding Pinhead's hand. Mm. I just like that imagery is fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. But yeah, the gore is great. Mm-hmm. I really like the gore in this one. Like it's a, the the one execution is where he throws the hook, it goes or the, yes. the chain it goes into the guy's mouth and then splits open. Yeah. So when he pulls it back, it decapitates. De- yeah. Decapitates him from the mouth. Fucking cool. Oh, yeah. From the mouth up. Like, Fuck, that's that's really cool. Yeah. And this is where the good Hellraisers stop. <laughs> is the next one deader? No. Okay. Four years later, part five is called Inferno. Okay. See this one. You, you'll, you'll start to see a, uh, a a trend here to where they don't give a fuck about Hellraiser anymore. Mm-hmm. The only reason these movies are being made is to keep the rights to the to the the yes the, the movie yes. So they make these movies like Inferno. What's after Inferno? Hellseeker. Hellseeker. Um, and then Deader. Um, Deader. Deader. Hellworld. And then there's the one after that where it's not even Brad, uh, Doug Bradley anymore. Well, let, we're getting ahead. Let's we're yeah. jumping too far ahead. Well, uh, what I'm what I'm getting at is anytime your main character in Hellraiser is like a a, cor- a corrupt cop, yeah, or something like that, these movies 
were scripts that were then last minute rewritten and thrown the shoe Hellraiser and, in and the Cenobites or yeah. Pinheaded and the Cenobites in yeah. and made into a Hellraiser movie. But they weren't written as Hellraiser movies. Yeah. So this this one starts that trend. Yeah. And that trend reoccurs in this fucking franchise yeah. three times. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like no noir, one's learned the noir style coquetted yeah. magician detective. Yeah, and it becomes more of a murder mystery than it does a Hellraiser film, and yeah. which could have been cool. It stars our friend too, from Nightbreed, Craig Schaefer. Fucking forehead. Yeah, he looks like Christopher Lambert. Fuck Christopher Lambert <laughs> at Dawson's Creek. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I like the half torso chatter. I thought that was cool. Mm. And some of it, like I know we talked about, we bitched about this before on film, like Killels being off screen. Mm. But I kind of like how they use it in this film where. The hearing people getting slaughtered, all the fucking choking and all yeah. shit. Like I like kind of like that shit. How they you hear it and don't see it in the film. It's There's a cool. lot of disturbing shit. Like the the when you're watching the videotape where he's watching yes. the videotape yes. and like a woman's yeah. being like suffocated, and then it shows who's doing it and it's one of the Cenobites. Yeah, it's like fuck. Like yeah. that. I remember watching that being like that's a little disturbing. Yeah. It looks like a snuff film. It's just kind of fucking gross, but. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really don't have a whole lot of good things to say about this film. You, actually, this you know his seen. partner is John Turturro's little brother? John Turturro. Who's that? Jesus from Big Lebowski. Jesus Christ. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> his little brother is his partner. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this film sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so scattered with its ideas. And like you said, it's just shoehorned, mm-hmm. you know, shoehorned ideas. And, and you can tell it's one of these movies where it's like, you. it is so, it is shot so like 90s bleak cop movie. Yeah. That like you, when hell, when Pinhead does show up, he feels out of place. You're like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing yeah, here? It's really stupid. You know? Yeah. It feels almost like an art film. Yeah. Like, like something you'd see a college student make. Uh-huh. Um, so after Inferno is Hellseeker. Hellseeker, and in this one we have the return of Ashley Lawrence as Kirsty. Um, okay, I'm sorry. This is the one I was about the woman being suffocated in the bag. Uh, it was. It, this is the one I've seen as Hellseeker, not Inferno. Oh, okay. Um, well, it makes sense but, because these two have the exact same fucking ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing about the, these two movies is uh, what really sucks about them is they got out of the like. Hell, like, like Pinhead and the Cinnabites are supposed to be like reavers of carnal pleasure, to the like I had said before in the point where they have experienced so much that they no longer differentiate pleasure and pain. Yeah, but it's very much physical. Mm-hmm. It's physical pain. In Inferno and Hellseeker, it's all psychological. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in that. No, there's a difference between me stroking my dick and just thinking of something that makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the same type of feeling. <laughs> it feels like, speaking of shrugging your dick, I feel like the theme of this film is horny dudes go to hell. <laughs> I really hate the main guy. His dumbass look on his face through the whole That's film. That's a fucking metal song title right there. <laughs> horny horny dudes, dudes go to hell. <laughs> it's a fucking album, to, album title. Um, yeah, it's like it, the whole. It, it kind of takes that whole. And once again, this will be a reoccurring theme with with when the when the whole 
Pinhead gets shoehorned into a detective yeah. movie type thing. Because this is the same fucking We don't formula. even see Pinhead. No. Until like absolutely. an hour into the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like you don't even know if he's really even there. Yeah. Because once again, this it's, it's all psychological. So you start to feel like you're watching a movie that's trying to trick you. Uh-huh. Like, they're like, this. he isn't really there. Yeah. For some reason, this guy's just seeing him. Yeah. You know, that's that's how it feels. And yeah. it's, I mean, I guess, like, a part of me could respect that. Yeah. But to know that they didn't shoot it that way. Yeah. That they shot it as it's like, oh, this is a totally different script, but yeah. we're going to rewrite some things so that the Cenobites show up. Yeah. Like, that's how it was. It's so it's like, dumb. you can't really respect it. Yeah, fuck this movie. <laughs> uh, Puzzle Guardian shows up again. Yeah. This time it's played by Doug Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that sells the box to Trevor. He looks you know. fucking great in this one because he also plays his psychiatrist, right? Or his psychiatrist turns out to be Pinhead or something like that. And it's like, he looks fucking cool. Yeah. And I, I, I like that a lot in that one. It's like, that's probably the only thing. And the shit he says is really cool too. So, but. Yeah. That's probably the best part of the whole fucking movie, which says, says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, moving on. 2005, Part 7, Hellraiser, Deader. Deader. Ugh. Yeah. Again, it's like this fucking distraught fucking detective thing. Well, this one involves a a writer. Yeah, that's right. You know? I actually wrote what I wrote down here. I said, main chick likes to smoke. This must have come out after Constantine. And I looked it up, and it fucking did. (laughs) Because you first like open the film, she's lit, lit like a whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> and then I started to think like, is Hellraiser? Did they like copy every fucking genre? You know, every you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every fucking trend mm-hmm. of horror. Probably. Yeah. I mean, at this and we'll point, see. It comes up later. I'll yeah. bring it up again. Mm-hmm. At this point, they're just grasping at straws. Yeah. But the one thing that I will say about this is going back to the idea of consistency is they do introduce. Uh, the cult leader in this is actually a descendant of the guy from Bloodline. Mm. He's, he's one of the descendants from that okay. main character. Which is fucking weird, because he's essentially a villain in this. Yeah. So it's like, why would the guy, like, this whole time, even though, like, it's not like their their history is written like that, but it seems like in history, that particular um, family... Mm-hmm. is meant to figure out, like, an anti-lament box, something that is meant to trap the Cenobites forever. Right. And this guy's like, I'm going to bring them here. And it's just like, once again, it's like pigeonholing. Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, well, let's bring that character back because if anybody who's like... like, I remember this one being very much like this one as well as De- Hellworld. Yeah. They expect the audience to know everything about Hellraiser. Yeah. And, like, I get it. It's part of the Hellraiser franchise, but you got to... Like, listen, I didn't watch... I didn't see the first fucking Friday the 13th, until I was like 15 years old. Right. You know, I, I saw Jason Takes Manhattan first. So you can't fucking just throw people in expecting them that they know everything about Hellraiser already. Like, right. you got to fucking have some sort of story arc, you know? <laughs> Tim Day, the writer of Hellseeker, wanted to write and direct a sequel to the last film. And he wanted to be the final showdown between Kirsty and Pinhead in this one. Mm-hmm. But of course, the studio said no. <laughs> and they, they got him to shoehorn Hellraiser into a script called Debtor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this yeah. was another one of those. So. Yeah, and they spewed out this piece of shit. Mm. I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> There's, yeah. It's gonna be hard to say anything about Hellraiser after four. Yeah, you I know? did write down redeeming qualities because I'm trying to find them. Mm. The only thing I liked about this one was when Pinhead rips apart the cult leader at the end. Yeah, 
that's the coolest part. But that's what you've been waiting for the whole fucking movie. I, I honestly, if I because would have sat through this entire movie, I would have turned it off the moment. Uh, our main character met the guy who knew about the cult in the lament box <laughs> because of how like he, he just looks nauseating. Like you yeah. look at him, you're just like Jesus Christ. It's like that. It's like the guy who played Jason in the first movie. You're just like that fucking guy. What's his name? Ari Lehman. Ari Lehman. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like that fucking guy. Yeah. Can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. Jason did go to hell, but Ari Lehman did not. <laughs> He couldn't get out of the fucking water. <laughs> oh. Oh. What's after that? <laughs> part nine. We're getting to the end. No, we're on part eight. Sorry. Oh. 2005, we got Hellraiser Hellworld, which stars our boy fucking Lance, Lance though, yep. which is, I wrote, the only the fucking only redeeming fucking quality of this movie. This if you're a fan of him, you'll love it because... It's He's him. fucking great. Yeah, it's him. And he, that, I'll give that to him. Like, even, like, I, he was my favorite fucking part of AVP. Yeah. He it, was originally supposed to be Frank in the first one. No shit. Yes. Oh, I would have loved that. But he was too busy doing Near Dark. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Because I fucking love Near Dark. Near Dark's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie can eat shit. Yeah. It's like all of it. Yep. <laughs> this is such Young a... Henry Cavill can eat shit. <laughs> yeah. You can eat plates of shit, Superman. Because. Yeah. This shit sucked. Yeah. This was fucking This is stupid. where they tried to get... I, I feel like, again, hopping on a trend of horror, they tried to hop on, like, the Wes Craven meta mm. screen. Yeah. Night, new nightmare with, like, yeah. Hellworld. It's a Hellraiser-themed party. Time, too, like, Fear.com came out. Is it? Uh, I mean, 2005? They, I don't know. Well, yeah, Fear.com came out yeah. around that time, too. Like, this whole idea of, like... You know what's really scary? The, the internet. internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. like, nah, well, nah, bro. Well, it is now in 2021. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys hit the nail on the fucking head because yeah. we are in hell world. Right Prophetic. Now. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude. Fuck this shit. Fuck this stupid fucking pixelated pinhead. Yeah. And this dumbass fucking video game. This shit's stupid. It's hard the to fact watch. That the, the, in the fucking the, rock soundtrack oh. is awful. Oh. Post Matrix bullshit. Yeah. And this fucking stupid shit where they're just like, he, he couldn't break his addiction to video games. Fuck you. Yeah. Your friend's a fucking loser. Yeah. And if he killed himself over this, then good. That's one less stupid person in this world. Yep. In this hell world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the last Hellraiser film with Doug Bradley. Mm-hmm. He jumped ship after this, and I don't fucking blame him. I don't blame him at all. Because the next two suck ass. <laughs> yes. Let's get into this. Uh, 2011 Part 9 Hellraiser Revelations Fucking great value pinhead This is the found footage Hellraiser Yeah Again Leading on the trends Fucking dumb Yeah You could tell too They were trying to introduce A new Cenobite Like Because the one character Comes out looking like pinhead But just more Oh yeah More fucking grotesque and shit Yeah And you could see it They're like If this movie takes off This is gonna be our franchise player And it's (laughs) Why anyone would fucking think that I don't know Yeah But it just is like You're just like You're getting like Whoa whoa You put the carriage Way before the horse on this The carriage is dragging The fucking horse at this point You need to calm down (laughs) (laughs) Doug Bradley turned this down Because it was rushed Mm -hmm. They they had to shoot it In like a couple weeks Or something And he just didn't do it. Was it this one or the next one that people were saying that Clive Barker had something to do with this and like he blasted him on it? I don't know. 
Okay, so it's either this one or another one where he somebody said they're like Clive Barker or from the from the tagline of from the mind from the twisted mind of Clive Barker. Oh, so they tried to use it. Yeah, and he was like, uh, this he's like, I have literally nothing to do with this new Hellraiser. This didn't come from my mind, let alone my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so Go Clive. So props to that. Yes. Like, yeah, so they replaced Doug Bradley with Stephen Cardboard Collins. <laughs> yeah. And there's a rumor about this one that an intern at Dimension realized that they would lose the rights if a sequel wasn't made, so they squeezed this turd out in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that, that production was only a few weeks. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it makes sense. Like, after you watch it, you're like, yeah, it just was done. Once again, this is a college film. Yeah. This This isn't even a college film. This is like, I need to... Pr- I need to give my professor something in two days or I don't get to graduate project. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. that's how bad this fucking movie is. Yeah. And uh, I wish that this is where Hellraiser would die. But This is the worst one in the franchise. It is. Easily. There's some decent There's redeeming gore. qualities about the next one we're about to talk yeah. about. There's decent gore in this one, too. Mm-hmm. And that's because the director is a special effects guy. Exactly. Well, didn't he? he's the one who did the special effects for... Uh, he he's worked on Hellraiser before. He he did Maybe. special effects, I think, on the first three. Well, he was on a special effects crew for Dagon and Hellboy. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's a special effects guy. So in that regard, there's some cool gore in it, mm-hmm. but this is easily the worst fucking one. Yeah, fuck that movie. Uh, Puzzle Guardian shows up again. <laughs> uh, he gives Steven and Nico. He gives the box to them. Yeah. And he kills Peter. That's what I wrote down. All right. Final film of the franchise. I can't believe we went through a franchise in less than 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. We're blazing this motherfucker. <laughs> so, part 10. Hellraiser Judgment. Mm-hmm. Came out in 2018. And this goes back to the... Uh, shoehorning. Shoehorning into cop movies. Because they knew they were going to lose the rights mm-hmm. if they didn't fucking... And this one le- leans so heavy into religion that they even introduce a heavenly figure in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. fuck yeah. off. I have to say, I love the idea of the auditor, the auditor, the assessor, the jury carrying out the fucking sentences mm-hmm. and... All the cleaners prepping the body, the mm-hmm. butcher, the surgeon, all that with the execution shit. Yeah. That whole opening scene, I fucking love that. The him eating the fucking Yep. He the, drowns it in tears, mm-hmm. eats it, throws it up, the girls stick there like all that shit is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like that's Hellraiser to mm-hmm. me, you know, like it's this whole other like, what the fuck is going on? You know what would be would have been great for this film? Is if you had if they gave us more of that with snippets of what this cop had done in his life and like you're introduced to these different characters like that way Mm. like it's his like i mean it's called judgment so it should be an entire movie of him right and then you get clips and like snippets of what he did in his life to show you what a piece of shit he was Mm. and then the final confrontation you see pinhead yeah like that would have been fucking great because like i agree with you 100 percent. like when it came to this movie I hated everything that happened in the real world. Yeah. And then everything that... that it's just like this terrible seven knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. It's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time you get to the end, you don't even care. Yeah. You really don't fucking care. Yeah. And so when you're like, you know, basically this piece of shit cop gets away at the end and you're like, 
I I really like can't even fathom why this is even a Hellraiser movie. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And once again it's because it's shoehorned in. Anybody who came in without any expectations probably left going like, I feel like this was a completely different movie. Yeah. And then they were just like, Yeah, oh, put Pinhead in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I like that it offers a little more insight to the Cenobites, mm-hmm. like with the judgment, all that stuff mm-hmm. going on, but it demystifies the whole thing yeah. as well and it's like bureaucratic fucking pinhead arguing with his fucking boss. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the fuck is So they this? demote him. Yeah. You're going to go live as a homeless man on earth. Like, oh, fuck you. It's really stupid. Yeah. Really stupid. And that's how they end the movie too, is human pinhead screaming. Yeah. And that shit's dumb. It's really bad. He's bad. Yeah. Um, so HBO picked up the rights to Hellraiser and now there is a show being made for yeah. it. Yeah. And a lot of people are very... They're holding out and for a lot of promise. They think that this is going to revitalize I think Clive's it. attached to it, right? Honestly, I don't even think it would fucking matter at this point. Yeah. What are you going to do with a Hellraiser show? Yeah. What what story can you possibly tell? I don't know. I, I don't think there is one. I yeah. really don't think there's a story to tell. Unless you are telling the first fucking story all over again. Well, there's the Scarlet Gospels book that came out, which explores the whole world more. And the comic books explore the world way more. Mm. Um, it explains how puzzle guardians become puzzle guardians. It's really cool shit. I actually I didn't read the comics, but I looked into them a little bit for this mm-hmm. episode. And I, I do want to dive into the comics. Yeah, um, that would be interesting to see how like puzzle guardians get a hold of the box and yeah. things like that. And yeah, it's interest. That's interesting. But yeah. I just don't think that they're going to do anything like that with the show. I think they're going to find every fucking possible way to put Pinhead in it. I think they're going to. I don't think they're going to get Doug Bradley. No, I, I don't think they done. are either. I but I, th- I think that they're going to. I mean, he's old as fuck now too, and like he ain't going to look the same. <laughs> fuck, you make Pinhead look worse. But do a I little, think that's how do you a do little it. nip and tuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't I don't have very much hope for it. I'm cautiously optimistic, honestly. Yeah. I, I think there is a bigger world to explore if they lean into it, mm-hmm. um, and being the the way the world is now with comic book films, if they would lean into the comics of Hellraiser, they mm-hmm. probably could do a decent show. Probably, but I don't see them doing that. I yeah. see them chasing what made it iconic in the first place. Yeah. They're going to try and put Hellraiser in as, or uh, Pinhead in it as much as they possibly can. Yeah. And have a weak-ass story built around it. Yeah. But I, I hope that they do what, you, what you're saying. Yeah. Because, like you said, there is lore in there that could be fun to explore. But... Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> there are some offshoots. There's a bunch of fan-made films, which I actually went through and watched. Mm. Um, they're all very budget and pretty terrible. Uh, I watched one. It's called No More Souls. <laughs> and fucking... There's well, that's no- a reference to Souls at Zero. And that's uh, that was a line in... I don't know if it was a Hellbound Heart, but... It's a Clive Barker line. Oh, yeah? Yeah, their souls are at zero. The concept of the film is that there's no more souls to torture, so Pinhead kills himself. That's the ultimate pleasure. He summons the Cenobites to kill him. Okay. That's it. Fun. Yeah. And that's probably the highest... That's probably to kill me while I was watching the fucking movie. That's probably the highest budget of the short films, too. <laughs> the biggest budget. Um, there's one called Prophecy, and it's actually a crossover between the idea of the film Prophecy... Mm. And Hellraiser, where Lucifer blackmails a theology student to summon Cenobites for the Second Angelic War. I thought that was a cool idea. It is a very to cool idea. Trying to cross idea. them over, 
but it also leans into the religious aspect of the whole thing, yeah. which I hate. I mean, if you could get Christopher Walken to reprise his role and Doug Bradley to reprise his, that might be interesting yeah. to see on screen. HBO. Yeah. Pick it up. Pick it up, fuckers. You don't even have to write it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's a prequel to Debtor, a fan-made pre- prequel to Debtor. Oh, fuck is, off yeah. with that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's garbage. Um, yeah. Um, I think this, like, as, as franchises go on, it's very rare that they get better, you know? And I don't think any franchise gets better. I and it's say. fair to say. I don't think, I, I, I really can't think of one right now. I don't think there's any. There's none where you can say part eight is better than the first one. Yeah, it's true. No, it's very true. <laughs> like, I will say that about Friday, though. I like I enjoy Jason more than I enjoy Pamela. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that, but I'm not saying that that makes that the franchise got better. Right. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I can't think of one that where it's just like, like maybe Phantasm, but that's only because I thought the first one sucked. Yeah, but that but that being said too, I don't think any of them were better. Than yeah, I I kind of admire Phantasm for what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's enjoyable for what it is, but I, I get the hate for it. I do. I understand that, and I get the love for it. I understand it. Um, I have a fun fact about Hellraiser. Yep, there was a a Nintendo game called Super 3D Noah's Ark, and it actually began as a Hellraiser video game. Wow. Yeah. Took a hard right on that the one. Team, yeah, the team eventually abandoned it and fucking they lost the Hellraiser license. So they converted it to a fucking Bible-based game. Jesus Christ. Wow. So you can't escape the fucking... Uh, the religious... The religious aspect. ideology on yeah. any of it. All, that, the, all the pixels and shit they didn't use, they just put in Hellworld. <laughs> <laughs> some fucking pinhead's pixelated face all over everything. Uh, and there's some canceled projects. Um... Pinhead versus Michael Myers film. Well, that's fucking dumb. Yeah, where Michael opens the box as a kid and was possessed by Samhain, and the Cenobites are hunting him down in the present day. What the fuck is Samhain? Samhain, Samhain. Oh. Halloween. Oh, is that? Do they eventually start talking about that in the movies? In Halloween? Yeah. I don't know. Right. We'll cover that franchise maybe. Ugh. Not. Every time we talk about another <laughs> franchise ago, I just think about like nailing my dick yeah. to the wall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, this actually was an idea that was, and uh, they were going to pursue it. Yeah. And Doug Bradley's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. So, and then the guy who played Michael Myers, who the fuck, he said no to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, he, he had such an illustrious career. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last uh, canceled project was Hellraiser Origins. Which was supposed to be a film, and actually had a legit, pretty legit trailer um, mm. around it, and Clive was supposed to be tied to it, mm. and it just completely bottomed out, lost money, and everything it never okay. happened. Yeah. Well, and I remember too, there was going to be a tie-in. This was way back in the day. That one of the ideas was to have, uh, at the end of Freddy versus Jason, mm-hmm. they show them fighting in hell. And then doors were going to open up and change, shoot out, and separate the two. Mm-hmm. And it's Pinhead standing there, and he says, what seems to be the problem, gentlemen? Yeah. And they were going to obviously try and turn that into something, which it's like, by that time, it's like, who the f- well, how are you going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> but that's just it. It's like, that was just a concept that people had at the end of Freddy vs. Jason. It never got air. It never got shot, for obvious reasons, because you had uh, a Dimensions-owned Hellraiser, mm-hmm. and... 
I think it was New Line. Was it New Line at the time? Yeah, New Line. New Line got a hold of Jason. Yeah. yeah. Um, Only like Paramount Jason. Yeah. So yeah, that is us on uh, Hellraiser. Yeah, that's our two cents on Hellraiser. Um, not crazy informative, but... Yeah, just something fun to talk about. Yeah. But uh, if we missed anything, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any fun facts that you'd like to share with us that we didn't cover, fucking send us slide into our DMs, man. We're always... We're always uh, stoked to hear from you guys. Yeah. Um, if you got any suggestions on what we should cover, talk about, let us know. Mm-hmm. We're open to suggestions. Yeah, man. Yeah. This has been fun. I'm eight episodes in, man. It's yeah. a blast. I really enjoy this. Yeah, dude. It's fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoyed doing the research for it, even though I didn't yeah. do much of it. That's fine. Um, but That's fine. I just wanted to say thank you to anybody, every anyone who's stuck around with us and, and you guys listening. I we really appreciate it, man. It's because of people like you that uh, we're, we're going to continue doing this. And, um, yeah, man, we got some fun shit coming up. we we got some topics that we're going to probably dive pretty hard in. Um, actually, I'm going to spoil it for you guys. Next week or next month? Next month we're going to do uh, PA Folklore. Yeah, it's pretty because, niche, but I fucking yeah. I love it. But, I mean, we're, we're from Pennsylvania. We both grew up here, and... Um, I mean, we are literally, like, we're not even an hour drive from Gettysburg, you yeah. know, one of the most haunted places in the United States, and uh, there's there's some other cool shit around here, too. I mean, we yeah. uh, uh, Dave's backyard was the fucking Hex Hollow for a while, you yeah. know, and uh, so there's some cool shit in our, st- in our, our you know, our, our Keystone State that we want to cover. So uh, we're going to do that. We're also going to have a special guest on that episode, because he also, uh, this friend of ours, he is part of Frights Templar, and... Uh, he has lived here his entire life as well, and he's got some pretty cool knowledge about uh, some of the folklore around here too. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, so yeah, if if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, even if you're not from fucking PA, we're gonna have some fun shit for you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're we're really looking forward to that. Stay tuned.